Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Solidarity Podcast from Teamsters Local 769. I'm Brian Besbiati, but everybody calls me Bez. The holidays are upon us, and we have a lot of important news, so let's take care of some quick housekeeping and jump right in. Please rate and review our podcast on whichever platform you listen to the show on, and be sure to spread the word about the podcast. All of our members need this important information. And we can't say this enough. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions, so reach out to us on social media, email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or call our Solidarity Podcast voicemail line at 786-456-7936. Leave us a nice voicemail or ask a good question, and we may even use your audio in an upcoming episode. Let's begin with some news. This is Sean Bryson from uh, UPS Hialeah, and you're listening to the Solidary Podcast. All right, so we're joined now by Teamsters Local 769 President and Principal Officer Josh Zivilich. Hi, Josh. How's it going? Doing well, Brian. Hopefully you are as well. Hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, thanks. Let's talk about some of the news that's going on. Lately in the local, we've uh, we've experienced a lot of growth this past year. We have, and it's obviously been a very good thing. We've experienced growth by bringing on some new groups that have organized with us, and additionally, some of our employers are experiencing quite a bit of growth, and we're growing internally, in particular with DHL and with UPS. Let's talk about some of those new groups. Who are some of the new groups that we're welcoming? IMEX both in Miami and in Fort Lauderdale, have joined Teamsters Local 769, and we've actually begun negotiations for first contracts there as well. Additionally, after a few years of negotiations, the Allegiant aircraft technicians are onboarding with Local 769 as well. Their contract was ratified within the last month, and we're in the process of welcoming those new members throughout the state of Florida to Local 769. Great. Obviously, massive growth at our parcel and our small package division. Yes. The pandemic, obviously, everybody knows that increased home deliveries of parcels. And of course, uh, that's been a a steady flow of work, (laughs) almost peak season type volume throughout last year for a lot of our UPS members, as well as our DHL members. It's also led to significant amount of newly hired employees that are joining our local. Again, it's a good thing. And looking for uh, continued growth in the early part of next year, the local will conduct an internal organizing drive in various industries, including with DHL and with UPS and with car rental as well. And now we are heavily into peak season, so they're experiencing higher volume on top of higher volume. Yes, it's definitely long days for for our members at at those companies. It's it's that time of year, for sure. Santa Claus is a teamster. Speaking of that time of year... We're coming into our toy drive. We are. We're going to be having our general membership meeting, which we uh, often pair with a holiday party a little bit earlier than normal. We're going to be holding that December 9th at the Union Hall in North Miami. We also collect toys for uh, needy children uh, throughout the South Florida area. We're going to be asking members that they come to our meeting to bring some toys. David Renshaw, business agent David Renshaw, normally coordinates this, and he's agreed to coordinate this again this year. We anticipate that we'll have great turnout at the meeting as well as as great participation with the toy drive, which, of course, goes to, uh, like I said, needy children throughout throughout South Florida, which it's something we're very proud to participate in. Yep. And speaking of David, let me see if I can pull him up here and get him on the horn. 
We're joined now by David Renshaw, who plays a big role in our toy drive every year. How's it going, David? Doing well, Brian. How about yourself? Good, good. We're here with Josh, and we're, we're just talking about this year's toy drive. So uh, give us some details. Give us the lowdown. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, here we are. Tis the season. Um, it has come across us real quick. With that, we are doing our annual toy drive. The great thing about this is, you know, local staff, we're putting it together, but this is just driven by the membership. There's, uh, there's stewards that won't be able to make it due to their responsibilities at their workplace. And uh, yet yeah, they'll make sure that it gets delivered and they'll follow up to make sure that we got it. So really getting excited about this. Uh, and I think people are also ready to uh, get out and about as well. Absolutely. So uh, who are some of the organizations that, that help us distribute the toys? Wow. Is, uh, there's, a, there's a host. And what we've done throughout the years is uh, we're going, I think, on our 10th, 12th year of us uh, annually doing this, uh, we've expanded. Originally, it was just Dade County, and then we went to Monroe County. Now we're all the way up to, um, all the way down to city of Key West, to north of uh, Port St. Lucie and Indian River. And uh, we, we utilize a, a multitude of different non-for-profit organizations. The first and foremost that we utilize is United Way. And there's a, there's a twofold of why we utilize United Way, right? Uh, the first one is we work closely with AFL CIO labor liaisons that actually work for United Way. That's an important component because that really gets us to other union density uh, membership that may need some assistance as well. Part two of United Way is uh, the other agencies that they are in contact with. So they have a lot of resources um, within. So for Dade, Broward, and West Palm, Monroe County, we've utilized United Way. Uh, Salvation Army, we've done Salvation Army in the Florida Keys, including Key West and Marathon. We've also uh, utilized Salvation Army in, in Martin County. We have several different women's in distress organizations uh, we work with. Uh, we've recently expanded to one in a historic downtown Miami called Lotus. That's a women's shelter there. And we also do Mighty Children's Hospital. Um, that is near and dear to a lot of people as well. And, you know, it's hard to put a, a location site on one because it's so broad throughout the years. It's, it's a great broad stroke now. And like I said, we got all of those multiple counties. We're up to about, it'll, it'll take, uh, you know, six to eight uh, staff members to uh, get the uh, Santa's helps to get it delivered to the right location. So it's, it's really vast, Brian. Great, great. So, so let's get to Santa's list here. What are some of the items on the wish list? For well, these some some of the some of the items on the wish list are we really like to promote uh, educational games. If if you're if you're thinking about it and thinking where these may go to, that could also engage in a social activity with the other kids as well. So definitely educational games, board games, puzzles, right? Sports gear. Who can't go wrong with some good sports gear? You know, your soccer ball, your uh, basketball, and don't forget a pump down here, right? Uh, we've had people do bikes. That's up to the, those individuals. Uh, we always encourage helmets as well. Uh, Legos, art supplies and coloring books. You know, you can break it down in uh, gender as well. Uh, small dolls for the, you know, for the girls and toy trucks for the boys. Uh, you could go tea sets. 
we, we try to stay away from the following items. Um, and that is anything that is either used or lightly or gently used. We do not seek any used donations of that, um, anything that resembles a gun. And we do try to stay away from batteries. Uh, batteries are fun, but the next day, batteries got to be replaced. And some places that does run into a budgetary uh, um, aspect of it. Right. You know, David does a fantastic job in coordinating this for the local. But additionally, we want to thank all of the stewards out there that, that do toy drives at their work sites because this all comes together. You know, we have, we have numerous stewards that do that, and that just adds to what our, donate, or our donations uh, become. Additionally, I want to thank Joint Council 75 that donated $1,000 towards this, as well as to the law firm of Sugarman and Suskind, who also uh, made a generous contribution to our toy drive. And, and of course, we can't even forget about our local chapter of the TNBC. That's going to really help us boost our, uh, our amount of toys that we offer to these worthy charities. Great. Great job, David. Awesome, Josh. Thanks for allowing me to uh, do this. It's a, Like you said, it's a group effort. And uh, to, to see, we already had... Uh, some of the general membership who came to our November one, our November general membership meeting, uh, reminding us about the toy drive. So <laughs> that engagement is kind of already preset. So uh, really a great group effort. So thanks to all involved and, and looking forward to it. Thank you. Great, David. Thanks for joining us. Take it easy, David. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Take right, it bye easy, bye. buddy. Bye. Yeah, man. Bye. Recently in the news as well, the recipients of our 2021 scholarships were announced. That's correct. We were happy that uh, this year we were able to have a scholarship fundraiser again, which is typically done the, uh, the golf tournament. And uh, last year, of course, with the pandemic, we weren't able to, but this year we did and conduct the event. And we were able to uh, award 11 scholarships, which is nice for the children of our members that have begun their higher education this year, yeah. graduated earlier this year and began most of them this past fall. So we were happy to get those 11 awarded. And uh, we were actually able to have a few of the kids came to our general membership meeting the other night with their parents and, and were able to receive their scholarships. Nice. And speaking of our golf tournament, since we last did the podcast, we've, we had that again this year. We did. It was good to be able to have that again. And things are starting to, uh, people will say it's starting to get back to normal. But yep. we're happy to be able to have that event, and we're hoping that we'll have a full calendar next year with a number of different events, including picnics, as well as the golf tournament next year for Local 769. Okay. Thanks, brother. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Teamster parents. Are you aware that Teamsters Local 769 has a scholarship fund benefiting the children of Local 769 members? Teamster parents work hard to provide for their children, and funding for a good education is a concern for all who have children nearing the end of high school. Teamsters Local 769 Scholarship Fund is something all of the children of our members are eligible for, and all graduating seniors are eligible to apply. An application can be downloaded from our website at teamsterslocal769.org, so spread the word about the scholarship fund to all of your fellow Teamsters with children entering college this year. Teamsters Local 769 Scholarship Fund is just another example of how our local stands up for our brothers and sisters and their families. For more information, visit our website at teamsterslocal769.org slash solidarity or call us at 305-642-6255. Thanks. 
recently, nurses at Cleveland Clinic Indian River Hospital ratified a new contract after a very public display of solidarity during negotiations. The nurses voted by more than a two-to-one margin to recertify the union as their bargaining agent, and we are now joined by Steve Myers and a few of the nurses. Welcome. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for taking a minute to speak with us. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how long you've been a Teamster. I'm Elizabeth Walden. I work on 4 South Diabetic Medical Unit. I'm a registered nurse preceptor. I work nights. I've been there a little over five years now. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. My name's Kim Buckland. I'm an RN case manager at the hospital. I've been there 19 years. I've had the opportunity to be on the negotiating committee for quite a few years. And uh, I was on this negotiating committee this year. And I have to say, out of all the negotiations that we've had, this one, I would say, was probably the most successful. Besides Steve's wonderful negotiating skills, I'm sure that did most of it. And, of course, the, the committee that was on with Steve, the nursing shortage, trying to do these meetings with them. We were on Zoom one week in person the next. Somebody gets COVID, we go back on Zoom. So it, there was a lot of uncertainty as we were going week by week. But, I mean, I never saw such a great reward for the nurses all in all right. in a negotiating committee. Fantastic. Hello, my name is Sharon Weems, and I've been a part of the union for about 23 years when it was implemented. Just so appreciative of all the benefits that the union has awarded us. With this last contract, it was quite complex, as my colleague said, Kim, with Steve's negotiating skills and the team's collaborative decisions and agreements. We was able to persevere and we gained a great contract. So Steve, why don't you give us a little background on this particular bargaining unit? Yeah, Brian, this is a bargaining unit of of specifically registered nurses and the collective bargaining agreement covers only the registered nurses at Cleveland Clinic and River Hospital in Vero Beach. What's the history of the unit? How long have, uh, how long have we, have they been teamsters at the hospital there? We've had this group, the Teamsters have represented this group of RNs probably since, I think it was 1998 was when we first got our first contract with the RNs. You know, we've negotiated successor contracts every year or every few years since then. And it's the, the bargaining unit's really grown over the years. Um, I think there's, a, there's about 450 nurses in the bargaining unit now. When we first organized back in the late 90s, there was, there was probably only about 325 nurses. So the the number of nurses in the unit has, has really grown. Right. What are, what are some milestone achievements throughout the years and with regards to their collective bargaining efforts? Well, you know, throughout the years, originally when this group was first organized back in the late 90s, their, their issues then were a little bit different than they are now. You know, back in the late 90s, their issues were as nurses were all paid different salaries. Nobody was on the same pay scale and it was whoever the manager liked the best at the time. That's the person that got the higher wage, and it, it didn't matter how long you had worked there. Um, it was whoever the favorites were, and the nurses weren't allowed to talk about their salary. Throughout the years, we fixed all of those things, and we added a, a lot more protections in the contract. And over the past 23 years, we've really, really made improvements along the way throughout this contract. Back in the late 90s, staffing was was one of the primary issues that was a concern. And 
we've we've got a seat at the table now and we have joint committee on staffing meetings monthly where we are basically raising any concerns that we have with the management team and trying to address those staffing concerns that the nurses have raised during that month and trying to make sure that the nurses have adequate nurse to patient ratios which is one of the important things that for the nurse and to the patient, because without those proper ratios, it can affect the safety of the nurse, and it's definitely going to affect the safety of the patient if the nurse has too many patients that he or she has to care for throughout the day or the night. Right. And so that brings us to now. So what were the major issues heading into contract negotiations this time? Well, we had a, a few different major issues. The, the primary issue was pay. We're very happy with the, the pay raises that we're able to achieve for the nurses. And, you know, this contract was overwhelmingly ratified by the registered nurses that voted on it. And we heard almost from every single one of them that came to the ratification meeting that how pleased they were with the the gains that we were able to make in in the wages. We took a 30-step pay system and compressed it down to a 20-step pay system. We've gotten the top wages for the for the nurses up to uh, I think we're at like $46.95 an hour now. That was a great achievement to to get it to that level. Fantastic. This was I would call this a winner. This is the best by far contract that we've negotiated. The nurses are quite happy. So uh, it's been a great great asset to have the union. You feel protected. And I feel that it's going to be a great thing. The membership has grown and everyone's excited. So I feel this is the time that we're going to really take over and just kind of invade like ants. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So what's the uh, the term of this agreement? This is a two-year agreement. So those wage provisions are going to be good for two years and each nurse will move up a, a step within that 20-step system each year of the, the contract. Nice. You know, one of the other things that, that was a major achievement in, in negotiations was paid leave for maternity and paternal leave that the nurses wanted in the contract and we were able to achieve that this year in negotiations and that was a, a major goal that we had set out to make sure that we had in the contract and we were able to get it. As well as something near and dear to my heart. Wasn't there an, an adoption credit? Or? Yeah, there was. We, we included in the contract an adoption reimbursement that the hospital will reimburse the nurses for adoption up to $10,000, $5,000 for each child for a maximum level of $10,000. So that's a, that's a really good thing for, a, obviously, adopting a, a child. is it, it's, yep. it's a very expensive process and it's 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 a great thing that we're able to negotiate and it's a great thing that this employer believes it's such a high priority that they're willing to give it to us in the contract also. Yeah, that is fantastic. Yeah, and you know, one of the other things that we were able to achieve in this contract was to get the tuition reimbursement for nurses that want to achieve higher education. We were able to get those the tuition reimbursement significantly increased and that was nurses were very pleased with that also. Great. Well, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It's really nice when solidarity can actually pay off in a literal sense. Cool. Well, thanks, Steve. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you. (laughs) Special thanks this month goes to David Renshaw. As always, Teamsters Local 769's Solidarity Podcast is produced by the officers and staff of Local 769, including Josh Zivilich, 
Roly Pena, and Steve Myers, with contributions by local 769 business agents and by me, Brian Besbiak. We encourage you to visit our website at teamsterslocal769.org slash solidarity. There you will find show notes and additional info, as well as links to our social media pages. You can also email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 786-456-7936. If you leave us a message we can use, we may include your comment or answer your question in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we encourage you to tell our sisters and brothers about the show as well. Our theme song, The Vendetta, was composed by Stefan Kartenberg and additional music titled Onion Capers by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com were used in this episode, both licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License. Until next time, remember, in unity there is strength, and happy holidays. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.